0: Well, it is fun to get presents. It's fun to give presents. And for the wise men, they came to Bethlehem, and they had a ton of gifts for Jesus, and they were pretty good presents. Uh, it says in Matthew chapter two, verse nine through eleven: After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and they and the star they had seen when it rose a, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place. Uh, where the child was, the child being Jesus. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I know a lot of us would be like, I am on board for the gold. Yes. Yes. Frankincense and myrrh, eh, I don't know about that so much. But in those days, those gifts were extremely rare and extremely valuable, and they were extremely significant. And that's what we've been talking about these past few weeks. So the gold reminds us of Jesus's royalty, that he was a king. See, gold was reserved for the kings. You, You If you were a common person, you probably didn't have gold, or if you did, it was probably a very small piece of gold that you hid somewhere in your house and was like your life savings. But if if you were a king, you had a lot of gold, and and kings, what kings would do is they would give gold to each other. They would say, hey, I have a great gift for you. Here's some gold. And so the gold reminds us of Jesus' royalty, that Jesus was born a king. He didn't become a king. He was born a king. The frankincense reminds us that he is worthy of worship. We talked about the fact that frankincense was used in the tabernacle and then a temple, and when you would walk into the tabernacle, the aroma, the scent of the, and the fragrance of that frankincense would remind you and tell you that you were in the presence of God and that it was time to worship God. And so they bring frankincense to Jesus as a reminder that Jesus, even as a young boy, was fully God and fully worship, fully worthy of all of the worship they could bring. And even the wise men, it says that they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then the myrrh reminds us, again, of, uh, of uh, if, if this fragrant spice, this um, precious spice that was used, was, reminds us of Jesus' anointing. And of his death. See, myrrh was used in the anointing oil when they would anoint the priests and the kings. And and it reminds us that Jesus was anointed by God and by the Holy Spirit to do the ministry that he did on the earth. But myrrh also reminds us that Jesus would die, and myrrh being used when someone died, they would wrap them in cloths and and they would put myrrh on them um, for for the smell and and, and for this, this nice fragrance. Myrrh reminds us that even as Jesus was born and even as he was a young boy, that he came with a purpose, and that purpose would lead to him dying on the cross. Well, this morning I want to talk about the best gift of all, and it's not a gift that the wise men brought. It was the gift that God gave us, and that gift's name is Jesus. He's the best present ever. So I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read the Christmas story. The words will be up on the screen, and you can follow along, but we're going to read about this gift that has been given to us. It says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which which were just as they had been told. Such a great story. One that, of course, is so familiar to so many people around the world, including all of us. The reminder in the midst of this precious story is that there is this gift, this gift of a child who came from heaven and has been given to all people, that Jesus would be a blessing, that he would be a present, a gift to every single one of us. See, Jesus is, hands down, the most thoughtful, the most wonderful, the most precious gift that's ever been given. He's the best. I want to make a, quick, a few quick points this morning um, about the kind of gift that Jesus is. See we have this, first of all, we have the gift of his presence. We have the gift of his presence. Not presence, but his presence. I remember when I was a kid, my grandparents uh, on my mom's side lived in another city far away. And we would, we would want to go and visit every year for Christmas, but it wasn't always possible. So sometimes they would come to our house. And I remember when my sister and I were really little, and we knew that granny and grandpa were coming to town. And, and we would time it because we knew it took about a day to drive from where they lived to where we lived. And so they would call because it's back in the days before we had cell phones. And, uh, and so they would let us know when they left the house. Uh, what time they left. And so my sister and I would be counting down the hours. And, and, and so the whole day, like, you're just ex- like butterflies, granny and grandpa are coming. Oh my gosh, we can't wait to see them. And so we're going about our day. But when, when it started getting close to the time, we stopped mulling about the house and playing. And we went and sat at the window. And we looked and we watched and we waited. And it felt like an eternity but eventually their car would turn onto our street and turn into our driveway, and my sister Jen and I would run out of the house screaming and shouting, Granny, Grandpa! And they no sooner they got out of the car that we, like, jumped up on top of them and hugged them and said hi. You know what we didn't say? What did you bring us? That came later. (laughs) You know what we were excited about? We were excited that they were there. See, we didn't get to see them a lot. And so we just wanted to be with them. We wanted their presence. We wanted them to be in our home. We wanted to be able to sit on their lap and, and laugh. My, my grandpa, then he, he laughed. He had this laugh. It was so amazing. And he would play with us. He would get down on the ground with us and we would wrestle with him. And it was the best. And Granny Venn, she would make us tea because we grew up in, in, in another country and we just drank a lot of tea. And she made the best tea in the world the best he, and so we just loved having them with us. See, God knew that we needed his presence, and all of creation had been waiting. All of creation had been waiting, pacing back and forth, going, when is this gonna happen? When is the Messiah gonna come? When is God gonna deliver his people? And on this day in Bethlehem, Jesus shows up, that the presence of God, the gift of his presence is given to us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says this in talking about Joseph. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. There is no other faith, there is no other religion, there is no other system of belief in the world where the deity, where the God became like the creation. Only in Christianity, only the one true God who said, I will go. I will go to my people. I will go to my creation. I will take on flesh and I will become one of them and I will bring my presence to them. Every other system of belief says this, you you come to me. You come to me. If you want my presence, you better figure out a way to get to me. But our God, our Savior, our Lord said this, I love you so much. I'm gonna bring my presence to you. God with us. He did the work. He did the work. And he was grateful and thankful and excited to do the work. He couldn't wait to be with us. I pray this Christmas season that you would be so aware of the presence of God in your life and in your home. That you would sense the presence of God moving in your family. That you would look for the places where God is moving in your midst. Let his presence bless you this Christmas. I want to say this real quick. I know every, every Sunday I get up here and I'm like, I love Christmas. Christmas is so wonderful. It's so much fun. But I was talking to a friend of mine this week and he goes, is there, are there any parts of Christmas that are hard for you? And I thought, yeah, there, there are, actually. There's some things about Christmas that are quite stressful. And there's some memories of Christmas that are quite difficult. And I think sometimes it's, it's easy to go, well, let's just look at the good things. Let's just all be happy. And if you're not happy, just fake it so no one else is uncomfortable. But can I say this morning, it's okay to not be okay. So I know that Christmas is hard for some people. I, Christmas might not be filled with joy for you. There might be a lot of painful memories. There might be a lot of struggles. Maybe you're, this is a, the first Christmas that you're celebrating after a loved one has passed away or something tragic has happened in your family. Can I tell you the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in your life is there not to tell you, hey, just pretend like everything's okay, but that His presence comes into our lives, that He comes into our lives to bring comfort in the midst of pain, in the midst of sorrow. And so if you're carrying a burden into Christmas this year, if you're struggling, it's okay. It's okay. You know that having a baby in a stable is not optimal. <laughs> I know we, we do the cute... <coughs> cute stable manger thing. But I know that every woman in this room who's birthed a child would not say, "Hey, if I had to do it all over again, put me in a barn." Right? And so we have this ideal view of what the birth of Jesus was and the angels and believe me it was wonderful, but I got to guarantee I can guarantee you that Mary was not having the time of her life. She just had a road trip. There's no room. It's crowded. And now you're telling me I'm going to have this baby starts having contractions and they're staying in a stable. It was hard. Joseph and Mary faced a lot of difficulties, but the promise of God to them was this. I'm with you. I'm with you. I will take care of you in the midst of this journey. And you will be blessed because of what you walk through and the things that you endure. Can I encourage you this morning, if you're struggling through this season, allow the presence of God to bless you. Allow the presence of God, the warmth of God to wrap its arms, His arms around you to care for you and comfort you. He is Emmanuel, that He came to a people that God, we didn't even know we needed a Savior but he did. And we have the gift of his presence. Second is this, the gift of his love. We have the gift of his love. John 3, 16 and 17, we know this verse. For God so loved. For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. What do you give? You give gifts. You give presents. You give things to people that you care about. God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I think there's a lot of people confused about this verse, about this idea, that when they think about Jesus what they think about is, or they think about God is, he's like the white beard dude on the throne with the lightning bolts, just waiting for you to make a mistake. You better watch out because God's watching. Oh, what a horrible, horrible thing. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Why? Because he loves us. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus loves you. However much you can imagine that Jesus loves you, it's not enough. He loves you infinity times more. Infinity times infinity. Come on, somebody. Like kids, right? Infinity times infinity. I know it's not possible. Some of you are like, that can't happen. God loves you more than you can even know. That God loved you so much that he would send his only son. But but check this out, that Jesus loves you so much that he would come to earth. And we see the father and the son working together, working in agreement, saying, this is what has to happen. I love my kids. I love my family. I love my wife. When I think about what the things that I would do to protect them, to care for them, to watch out for them. There's probably not a, a lot that I wouldn't do to take care of my children. Even as they've gr- grown older, my kids are in their 20s and their are late teens. And even still, like when they're hurting or they're sick or they're, something's going wrong in their lives, my heart aches for them. I want to do everything I can as a dad to comfort them and to help them. Why? Because I love them. I love them with a father's love how much more our heavenly father loves us and that he, he that he did that he took the steps rather needed to express that love to us in a baby named jesus what an amazing gift if you had to ask me hey would you give your son away no way what's well, for a really good cause no way a lot of lives will be impacted for the good no way He might die, no way, especially no way, or he will definitely die, definitely no. Yet God, in his great love for us, said, Jesus, I need you to go. And Jesus said, yes, I will go. This is the love that the Father has for us. 1 John 4, verse 9, John likes to write about love a lot, a lot. He loves the subject of of love. 1 John 4, 9, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice For our sin. He went first. The only reason we know how to love is because God loved us. Look around you, the people that that are sitting around you that you love, the people that you care about. The only reason you can love them is because of the gift of Jesus' love to you. That's worth celebrating this Christmas. And then finally, this morning. We have the gift of his forgiveness. The gift of Jesus' forgiveness in our lives. Second Corinthians 5:17 through 19, the apostle Paul writes, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation." That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. This is a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. That God did the work of reconciling us to Him. See, the reminder of Christmas is this: Before Jesus came into the world, we that we were the enemies of God; we were His enemies. That because of the sin in our lives, we could not have a relationship with God. That we needed to be reconciled to Him. But we could not do the work of reconciliation. That there was no good thing that we could do that could help us overcome the problem of sin in our lives. And so God sent His Son into the world. He sent Jesus into the world so that He would die for us and so that we could be reconciled to him and the only way that could happen is if our sin was wiped out and forgiven see we see in the gift of jesus this precious baby that was born into the world the gift of his forgiveness see god had this amazing plan an amazing plan to set things right and jesus was at the center of that plan What's so important for us to note, though, is that Jesus invites us to be a part of that process, that he didn't just say, hey, I am the one who brings the message of reconciliation. Once we receive the message of reconciliation and forgiveness, we now are ambassadors, as the Bible says, that we get to bring that message into our homes, that this Christmas is not just about you celebrating for yourself that you can bring the gift of Jesus into your home, that you can bring the gift of the message of hope and forgiveness and God's love everywhere you go this Christmas. You may encounter people who don't know Jesus. You may encounter people that celebrate Christmas but don't pay attention to what happened 2,000 years ago. And you get to be that person who shares that message. Now, you don't have to do it. You, know, you don't have to make it weird. You know what I'm talking about? You've all been to the Christmas gatherings where there's that one person who makes it weird. Don't be that person. What, what I'm talking about is this. What has God done in your life this morning? We heard an amazing testimony from the Robinsons about what God has done in their lives. We heard from Lori a, a few weeks ago about what the Lord has done In her life, we heard from the Peñas about what God has done in their family. Your testimony, your story of what God has done in your life, that's what you get to bring into that midst, into those gatherings to say, let me tell you how much God loves me. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you the kind of gift that Jesus is in my life. And allow that to be the thing that brings encouragement and hope and reconciliation to those that you care about. That God is inviting you to partner with Him this Christmas season. So Jesus is the be- best gift that's ever been given. That's right. The gift of His presence, the gift of His love, and the gift of His forgiveness. He is the light that has come into the world. I'm going to invite the ushers to move to the back. We're not holding a Christmas Eve service, and we're going to have something special for you here in a minute that I'm going to tell you about so we're going to do our Christmas candlelight uh, service right now. And, uh, and as the ushers get ready, and they're going to just go ahead and start passing those candles out, I'm going I'm to give a, a little instruction. If you have little ones, um, I'm okay with them. If you're okay with them holding a candle, I'm okay with them holding a candle. But please pay attention. Um, please hold the candles up straight. Um, if, when you go to light the candles... Uh, If this is the lit candle, please take the unlit one and light it this way and not the other way so that the wax doesn't drip. Um, When you blow out the candle, when we ask for you to blow out the candle, please just cover it and blow it gently so we don't get wax on the... Because, of course, we went with black fabric on the chairs. So, you know, white wax, black fabric. Um, And so let's do that. So Jesus is the light that has come into the world. The Bible says that the people were living in darkness. The prophet Isaiah talks about the fact that we were living in darkness, but we have now seen a great light, and that's light. That light's name is Jesus. Light's amazing, isn't it? You ever been in a, just a really, really dark room? Maybe you've woken up somewhere. I shared a story once of being on vacation and we were in a hotel room uh, in, out in the country somewhere so there was no lights outside the window and I woke up in the middle of the night and it was dark. It was dark to the point that I freaked out and thought that I'd gone blind. I did the whole like, like this. I was, I was a kid, okay? It wasn't like last year. I was a kid. And, and here's what I did. I strained my eyes. Trying to find one little glimmer of light, and when I found it, it was a little bit of light coming out, come, coming under the door, and it wasn't—it wasn't bright. It was just very dim. But when I saw that light, I took a deep breath and I cried out, "It's a miracle!" No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> light, light does something amazing. The darkness is not a space that we're comfortable in. God's created us for light. And so Jesus is the light that's come into the world, not just to address physical darkness, but to, to bring light to spiritual darkness. So I'm going to ask, we're going to actually turn off all the lights except for the Christmas trees. Those, So it's going to get dark in here. Um, and I'm going to light the Jesus candle because he is the light that's come into the world. We've lit these candles talking about the faith, the hope, the joy, and the love. But of course, the last one is Jesus. So we can go ahead and All right. You're good. I'm going to invite you to stand. One small light. I so want to sing this little light of mine right now. (laughs) One small light. And God takes his light in the person of Jesus, and he sends him to us. And he says, now my light is your light. Jesus says to his disciples, I am the light of the world. But then later on, he says, you are the light of the world. We're going to go ahead and start lighting these, and let's watch as the room transforms. Jesus, the light of the world, the light of your life, the light of hope, the light of love, the light of healing, it looks good in here. You look good in here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you came as a baby into this world, that you took on flesh That you became like your creation in order to save and reach and forgive and love your creation. Jesus, that you came to restore our likeness and our image to that of the Father. And so Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas, as we go into this week, I pray that the light that you've put in us, symbolized by this candle, Lord, that we would carry that into every relationship and into every friendship, into every home, into every place of brokenness and darkness. And the light of who you are, Lord, would shine so brightly. Lord, I pray that testimonies would well up inside of us to share, that opportunities would be presented to share your love. God, we pray for those who are hurting this Christmas. Lord, that the light of your comfort would shine into, that, into those broken places. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and extinguish your candle. We can bring the lights up. I'm going to invite you to take your seats because we have one more thing we're going to do today. So I mentioned at the beginning of the service that we have presents under the tree. This year, instead of doing a Christmas Eve service, uh, what we felt like the Lord was asking us to do, and we're like, well, give this a try, is that we're going to give you a Christmas Eve service in a box. That each one of these boxes has everything you need to have a Christmas Eve service in your home. Maybe, maybe you're celebrating Christmas Eve at your home, or maybe you're going to a family member or a friend. I'm going to invite you and encourage you to take this box with you. Don't unwrap it till Christmas Eve. Wait till Christmas Eve and find a time to gather your family and your friends together. 10, 15 minutes. And unwrap the gift. There's instructions in there. There's the story of Christmas is printed out for you. There's some things for the kids to do. Uh, and, and there's other, a couple of other gifts in there. But we invite you in the midst of the busyness of this week, would you pause for 15 minutes on Christmas Eve? And would you remember the gift of Jesus as he's been given to you? I'm going to invite some of our pastors and leaders to come up. And what we're going to do is... Uh, we'd like to pass out one gift per household, one one gift per home. And so just one person from each home, if you would raise your hand and we're going to pass these out to you guys. she tell you. Right on. Well, let's stand together. We're going to sing joy to the world. We're going to end on, on a, a note of celebration and declaring his praise. Um, Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to pray a blessing over... All of you right now, and we're going we're gonna to sing as we close. Jesus, I thank you for this season. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for every person, young and old. Lord, I thank you for every life. I thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. And Lord, I thank you that you love us. Thank you, God, that we're forgiven. I want to extend an invitation. As I was talking about the forgiveness of God, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins and receive the gift of forgiveness that he offers this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just indicate to me this morning that you'd like to make that decision, if that's you? If you want to give your life to Jesus and say, I need the forgiveness of my sin, would you go ahead and and raise your hand nice and high so I can see it and just be in agreement with you? Anyone this morning? All right. Jesus, we love you. We pray blessing over every home, over every household, over every bit of travel, Lord, every meal that's prepared, every conversation that happens in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's worship together, church.